friends who just met. Who just met. Old, there's not a word yet for old friends who just met. Hoover? Old, is it Hoover? Is it Hoover? What's I, the name of our show? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. Keep it. Keep it. I also feel like we keep being like, and I moved across the country and blah, 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 blah. Like every time we like go to record this podcast, there's like a thing that's happened. But like life at the time of coronavirus, I, Kellen's about to start a new job. Kellen just got a new bum. I am getting on a plane tomorrow to do my first set of shows in a really long time. Like, we're just, it's a lot. We're doing our best. And uh, sometimes our best includes not remembering the name of the podcast you host. (laughs) All right. Welcome to Old Friends Who Just Met. A free jazz podcast. (laughs) Do, do, do. At least in scheduling. But we are so happy to be here and so excited to be talking about Emmett Otter Jug Band Christmas. His own very own jug band. His very own jug band uh, came out in 1977. His Majesty's Jug Band. His Majesty's Jug Band uh, was the test to see... If they could do something long form, like this was the test to see if they thought the Muppet movie could work. And I think we've shown. Uh, It does. It does indeed. Uh, It also is funny, contextually, when you think about this movie with that in mind, because do I love this movie? I do. Do I think uh, the music is incredible? It's incredible. Do I think there's a narrative storyline that I love? Yes. But I would not have been like, oh, this is the thing that greenlit the Muppet movie. It does not have the same Muppety feel. Absolutely. There's like not the same type of humor woven into it. And there's no human. And like, you know, there's a lot that we can like be like, oh, this is actually a really lovely story separate from that mm-hmm. larger world. But it feels so different from the larger world yes i can see it definitely as of like can we manage to have the energy to do a long form production sure in terms of like can the muppets do a long form thing this is a very interesting test yes although kermit's in it although kermit is in it he falls off of a bike (laughs) whoa love Kermit and bikes like Kermit and bikes are like you know that's the true pairing of the Muppets it's not Kermit and Piggy not Kermit and Fozzie it's Kermit and his bike Kermit and his bike uh so we start with Kermit we start like Kermit tells us what we're about to see after he gets bullied by the river bottom nightmare band and I wrote down Muppet car exclamation point (laughs) (laughs) I mean I do love that the river bottom nightmare band like, first of all, their bassist is a snake. What? <laughs> also, the fish that lived in the trunk of the car, what was his contribution to that musical number? He was just kind of swimming. He was freeloading. He was freeloading. I mean, I also do love that there's, like, a Kermit-esque, like, lizard who is, like, the nicest of them, right? Like, yeah. Which... Like- feels very much like uh, the River Bottom Nightmare Band is a precursor to the Muppets, right? Like, 
there's no Poozy and there's no Miss Poogie. Right, but, but, but like, it's that same joke. Yeah. Just a little bit different. And I love that. I love that the Muppets seem to be really good at understanding what works for them and then, like, changing it just enough to make it different. But also it's, like, in the vein of they know this works, it it will play well, right? And the Boopets yeah. are the Riverbottom Nightmare Man. Um, I also was very charmed, like, just, like, to go right off the bat of the variety of critters that live in these towns. <sighs> Especially because, like, I grew up in a house on a big piece of land and then there was this pond and we're right like literally like what a hundred yards from a forest preserve so there's all kinds of critters that live in the yard including muskrats mink um a lot of the things that showed up in this special and i was just like a muskrat a mink what what else could there be a stoat (laughs) i mean there's a bullfrog which like I, I want it known, Doc Bullfrog is a fashion icon. And Doc I wrote, Bullfrog is deliciously wonderful to look at. I, like, wrote it down every time. I was like, fashion icon. Uh, I would like to dress as Doc Bullfrog. And then I was like, how have we never really seen Doc Bullfrog again? Right? Like, Why haven't they used him since? It's, I, this is my... He's an excellent altruistic character. Yes, it's my one-woman petition for more Doc Bullfrog, please. Please. (laughs) We meet Ma and Emmett, Hmm. who are just a delight. They're just lovely. They're just... They're lovely little, little, little otters. Lovely little little otters. I have seen this once in my life, because I, like, while I was watching it, I was like, oh, I've seen this before. I'm not just, like... What I've seen more are the clips of the making of. I was going to say, I know the blooper reel to this very well. Yes. I do. I've never seen it before. I know I've seen it at least once, but it's been so long that, like, so much of it was forgotten in my brain. And I just think this idea of subversiveness in this is really interesting, right? Like, this is like a anti-capitalist Christmas special. <laughs> it's like, it's a little gift of the Magi, a little Christmas carol, a little, like, a couple stories all kind of woven together. Yes. There's this something about it where it's like, when people have money, they can do better and be better. And it was like, there, it was just very subversive. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, interesting. Interesting that this is woven in very early into the whole Muppet world. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the dynamic between them. I love that you feel like it really is, like, a mother and a son who are also, like, close because they've had a tragedy. Right? Yeah, and it's just... They were from a family that really loved each other, and so they have a lot of love for each other that comes through in what they do. And I, like, this is not a dig on on it. It's just, like, emotionally, I am never a fan of that kind of gift of the Magi story of, like, you each gave up something for the other person to have. Like, the original story is, like, he gave up his pocket watch to buy her a comb, 
and she gave up her hair to buy him a chain for his pocket watch, and so then they both have these gifts, but the whole thing is just like, oh, I love you so much, like, I gave up my most prized possession, or whatever. Like, that kind of storyline always makes my heart hurt, and so it's hard for me to watch, and when I saw that coming, I was like, oh no. The interesting thing is- They gave up each other's- <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna Like, say, prized possession. Like, they gave up the other person's prized possession. And then had to explain, like, I'm sorry, I just got rid of your income source. I thought I would win this. And, like, arguably, the washing is bringing in a lot more income than the odd jobs, but the tool chest has a more sentimental value than the mm-hmm. wash tub, and so there's the, like, handoff there. But never was there a point of, like, I can't believe you did that. I mean, Emmett Otter is truly the first task rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do you think about the old bathing suit that your grandmother wore? (laughs) I think it is potentially a sweet song. (laughs) It's weird, but it also is like very much like a, oh, we're we're in a Paul Williams world. Do you know what I mean? Like that slightly like off kilter, but also very sweet and like. I'm always here for Paul Williams music. Yeah, you can speak better to that. It's a borderline fat phobic song, but it's about the usefulness of a big bathing suit. Sure. Like, this was very good that we had a big bathing suit in our family kind of song, where it's like, you're a little, like, itchy about it, but also you can tell it's not totally... It's not it's malicious, and so there's yeah. like this, there's a a weird category of fat phobia that I'm like, oh, it's there, it's present, but it's also not malicious, and I don't know what to do with it. We're just so weird about bodies generally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if the world was less fat phobic generally, it would be a very sweet song. It, but exactly, exactly, exactly. There's a greater context. Exactly. Um, just, like, I don't know if you've seen West Side Story yet, but, like... I haven't. West Side Story is a masterpiece, but there's this one joke that's, like, completely fatphobic that is wildly unnecessary, and I was like, that kind of stuff makes me really angry. It's not even serving a... Yes! And how do you fix so much of this, like, problematic stuff that exists in the show, and then still throw in one fatphobic joke because... You just couldn't, you couldn't help yourselves. This is something where it's like, A, it's a moment in time in 1977, and B, it's like, the intent isn't maliciousness, and so I always find myself having, like, just a different relationship to it. Yeah, it totally has the vibe of, like, old folk song. I mean, he's writing a new song, but it's supposed to read, like, something that you would just sing growing up. And those are the kind of things that, like, there's some songs that I grew up listening to and then getting older and listening back and being like, oh, where, like, when you're listening, when you're little and you're learning it, you're not really thinking about what you're saying. It's just words in tune. Sure. Let's talk about Chuck. Chuck is... Disturbing. Chuck's disturbing. I also was like... Chuck's hungry made me laugh out loud. <laughs> oh, hungry. <laughs> also, seeing the drum roll out, like, again, knowing the bloopers so well, yeah. I was like, that moment has spawned six minutes of bloopers. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is your cue. If you have not yet seen the blooper reel for this, you can pause the podcast right now and go to YouTube and look up Emmett Otter blooper reel, I think. And that also was a really interesting part of the Muppet process because frank oz was the ma otter performer he did all of the puppeteering 
but it was right down her name. I'm yes, Marilyn Sokol. Marilyn Sokol was the voice, and when I was listening to that scene, I was like, this doesn't sound right. Like, I know the booth <laughs> real. this doesn't sound right. And it's because, like, you could tell it's Frank Oz doing the beats me, must be one of those River Bottom boys. And <laughs> so I'm like, oh, so that's like the live recording from the studio, and then Marilyn Sokol's voice was just dubbed over it. Yes, yes. Which kind of answers a question that I always have. Is it recorded as they're doing the thing? Or if they're having a dub over, do they have that person there? Do they have them do it later? Do they have blah, 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 however that works? I also think that might change based on, like, if the person... I mean, ADR is a thing in anything, right? But, like, Mm -hmm. also, I wonder how much of, like, raw voice stuff is used when it is the actual performer. Also... I do feel it's kind of a rarity to have a different voice performer. Like, that is not yeah. normal. You know, like, from the the actual puppeteer. Because they have the mostly male Muppet performers sing as female characters a lot. Like, Frank Oz is Miss Piggy. That happens a lot. But sure. I guess they just needed, like, a quote-unquote beautiful voice. Right. And I was going to say, like, part of the buy-in is that Alice Otter is really truly a gifted singer right so like yeah and we've heard miss piggy sing <laughs> the conceit of the muppets is that miss piggy's supposed to be a good singer we can all agree objectively <laughs> that she is she's not <laughs> like you love it but also you're like oh my god <laughs> i mean never before those last never notes are <laughs> oh i wrote down on here alice otter always goes for the option of yep also different, right? Like, yeah. I mean, speaking of Alice Otter, like, when the river meets the sea, it's, it's so good. In fact, it's so good that in my attempt to figure out what I'm singing for the gig this weekend, that <laughs> is what I'm singing. You added it? <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put when the river meets the sea into the mix. It's in my book now. It's, in, it's d- done. <laughs> I was like, I purchased it. I practiced it. I put it up a little bit and was like, uh, we're doing it. So it's just a sweet little special. It's just sweet. Uh, Wendell, my favorite high Muppet. <gasps> my specific note was I-L, like with spaces, L-O-V-E, Harvey and Charlie. I love a dynamic duo, you know, when they show up and you can tell that they just do everything together. Yep. And they're very cute, and so is Wendell, and so is Will Possum. It's just... This was missing a raccoon. You and your Midwest critters, you're not wrong. There needed to be a raccoon. There are three ginormous raccoons that live in my parents' backyard now. They come Uh out every night. We call them Larry, Moe, and Curly. And they're, like, the size of dogs. They're everywhere. Um, Can we talk about how smart the buy-in to, like, the resolution for them not winning is this like basically a mashup between the two songs mm-hmm. because the two songs are really enjoyable uh individually right but they're like, really enjoyable i didn't know where this special was going because again i haven't seen it before but i remember when they were singing their song i was like it's good but i mean but also you could have figured it out because of our coverage of the Green Album because they don't they do the final version on the Green Album. My Morning Jacket covers the final version on the the Green Album. That's totally why I was like, this is missing something. <laughs> but 
our world is gorgeous. Brothers is fine. Brothers is the weaker of the two, right? Like, we could just, like, yeah. sort of agree that that's the weaker of the two. Because it's like a backing out. track, essentially. Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. But also, I love that, like, in 1977, like, Evan Otter's Jug Band Christmas is introducing people to the concept of a mashup. Ooh! <laughs> Ooh, a little DJ there, action. Sh- shall I go as far as to say there is no pitch perfect without Emma and Otter's Jug Band Christmas? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was, when I was listening to the Nightmare Band song, I was like, this is the proto Can You Picture That? This is. Sure. This is so in that realm of like rock and like hitting on the beat. And and I was but also I was sitting there I was like, no way this wins. No way this wins. This is not as good. This is not as good of a song. They just are playing more instruments. You're not wrong. I do love that Alice says, uh, that's about the nicest present anybody's ever tried to get me. Because yeah. that that is a straight up Muppet joke. Do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. like where you see their like little sense of humor woven in. I will say one of the things I find really interesting, and I know because of those bloopers that how this was shot in miniature and da da da, but the thing that really feels so very different is the lack of lighting. There's not good lighting in this. It really seems like you're in a northeastern town in the winter. Like, I was immediately pulled to, the last time I was in Washington, D.C., and we went through, like, Pennsylvania and West Virginia, and it was December, and there was, like, no leaves on the trees, there was snow on the ground, and I was like, this is exactly like those towns that we went through. Like, Flat? in the hills. No, in the hills of, like, Pennsylvania and, like, West Virginia. I yeah. mean, like, flat in color palette. Like, I wanted more lighting. Oh. I wanted it to be lit on the the puppets better. Do you know what I mean? Like, the I puppets, don't know. I don't totally... some of the facial dynamics were lost because I don't think we had a good lighting system for really them. Notice that, but I think it's because it, it has, like, a realism by like where they're like, it's a, t- it's a dank and little house, so this is the little lighting that they're going to get. Kellen is all about the gritty <laughs> realism. What if they made this? What if A twenty four made this movie? I mean, I want to see someone make that trailer mm-hmm. cut up. I also really loved the joke. Nobody wants to oil a yeah, snake these days. That that's a straight up Muppet joke because it makes snake oil salesmen wholesome and not predatory. <laughs> exactly. Alice saying, uh, well, now all I have left is my sense of humor and my my wash bin. That, I also was like, that's yeah. a Muppet joke. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I do like the little foreshadowing of Doc Bullfrog liking them when they're going down the river. And he says, there go the two nicest people on the river of like, he knows them and he knows that they're good people. And so he keeps an eye out for them. I mean, he doesn't help them until, yes. you know, it's beneficial for him. But... Until he can get a gig in his restaurant. But also, they're like, oh, we can make some money, some regular money and some fine music. That's, like, what he Mm -hmm. says to them. Make some regular money and some fine music. And, like, again, that is so anti-capitalist. Do you know what I mean? Like, in, in as much as the way it's constructed there, it just feels very much like a, we're gonna, like, like, New Deal. What are you good at? Like, oh, you, you, like performing we're gonna put you in a variety show you know what i mean I was like just 
It felt very much like I was like kind of hoping at the end. I was like, I mean, I get the whole setup of the variety show and like they lose and so then get this new opportunity, blah blah blah. But like, it would have also been nice if there was a construction of like he knows them, he hears them singing all the time, to offer them help for him to say like maybe there's a gig for you here. I don't know, like it. It, I was like, why did it take you so long to get here, Doc Bullfrog? That's the framing device of yeah. a movie, Callan. I just, um, <laughs> I want the world for Ma and Emmett, and I didn't want them to have to suffer. They had to give up their prized possessions to get there, and it's like, did they have to, though? But the, here's the thing I really like. You see her wearing the dress in the restaurant. And you see Emmett playing the wash bin in the restaurant. So they didn't really give it up. It just got repurposed. Do you know what I mean? Like, But his the toolbox is gone. The My toolbox is heart gone. My sentimental is very upset about that part. R.I.P. toolbox. But, like, I do love a repurposing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I love, you know, we reuse. It's part of the three R's, Kellen. <laughs> I, that's, like, the sentimental part of me that's, like, but... Yeah, they lose their tools back and they had to hawk everything else in the house. He doesn't have anything else. I mean, I hope that whatever that little, like, Waterville pawn shop was, he was able to go back down after getting some money for singing and get those tools. Fingies crossed. How do we feel about the announcement that there is going to be a new Emmett Otter the Jug Christmas? Or off-Broadway? No, the Broadway one, the off-Broadway, I would actually like to watch that, but like the live stage show, but in 2019, it was announced that oh, Pat McKenzie that's right. was writing a new Emmett Otter Jump right. Band Christmas, and I secretly was hoping we'd get it this year, but like, I can find no other follow-up articles other than that 2019 announcement, and when I went to Mackenzie's IMDb page, it's not on an upcoming I wonder if it was something things. where he was like, I would love to do this, and then it got misconstrued as, like, in the works. Or if it's, like, a COVID casualty. And it just isn't gonna happen. But if it's a COVID casualty, d- a Disney overlords, hear me say, we want it, we crave it, we desire it. You know you're it. listening, you listen to everything we say. <laughs> you are everywhere. I would love to see it expanded. And, like, kind of made into a full movie, but that is a Christmas movie. I would be interested in not a remake, but a sequel. Like, what happens after they start working at Doc Bullfrog's restaurant? What happens to the. Because you don't see the River Bottom Boys after they win the talent show. What do they get up to? What happens next? What, like, do they have a Hollywood executive come in and offer them a record deal? (laughs) The rich and famous contract. Uh, did Kermit's bike? Did he hit? ever recover from the we injury sustained are... from going headfirst over his handlebars? <laughs> Inquiring minds need <laughs> to know, Disney. All this to say, uh, yes, there is a Broadway version that you can stream, which I will probably do on Christmas or Christmas Eve. Also, I really, I hope that 2019 announcement comes Let's to fruition. Think he's crossed for that as well. So we are debating, it's not a debate in our hearts, but a debate in our mm-hmm. schedules of whether or not we can do Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, we think we're going to do a live watch through so that it's a little bit different than last year's. 
it's a hot maybe. It will definitely be released yeah. after Christmas, so it'll be your post-Christmas yeah. content. At the very least, we'll record something about it. Yes, yes, that is true. So, um, all right, podcast yeah. bebes. Thanks for joining. We hope that you recognize that Paul Williams is the greatest writer Please. of Christmas music. If you're in Colorado, this the weekend of December 17th, you can come hear me sing When the River Meets yeah. the Sea. So. <laughs> uh, follow us on Instagram, Old Friends Who've Just Met Pod. That's with the V-E, Old Friends Who've Just Met Pod. Send us an email. Enjoy your watching of all things Muppets and Christmas. And we will talk to you after the holidays. Bye. Bye.